Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. Nathan King here, joined by Jason Caldwell to break down some news from Auburn. Obviously, we knew it was going to be um, a newsy week of coaching, of transfer portal. There's going to be a lot more of that going on over the next couple of weeks as we get not into the offseason, but just this is the, the time of year. We saw Lincoln Riley yesterday. Brian Kelly goes to LSU today. So certainly lots of coaching moves, and Auburn had the first of its own with Brian Harson making the decision not to keep Mike Bobo on as offensive coordinator. He is out one and done for him as Auburn's offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Um, this season, Auburn's now had six offensive coordinators. They're going to be going on their seventh offensive coordinator in the last six years, I believe since, since 2016. Um, and if Bo Nix is back at Auburn as their quarterback next year, um, he'll have four different offensive coordinators in four seasons of so the, the Jason Campbell um, comparisons just continue on. And so Jason, just first of all, um, were you super surprised by this or was this something that you felt like was sort of creeping up as, as the season progressed, especially considering what Auburn's offense did, particularly in the second halves of games um, in their last five games of season, less than half a point per drive in the second half. Um, just kind of your impressions of, of the news on, on Monday. Yeah, not really surprised. Um, I mean, technically, this is the the second decision that's already been made on this staff with Cornelius Williams already sure. this year. Mm-hmm. So they've already had one removal. This is number Got a two. head start. Um, yeah, not surprised. Um, I think you you see um, that Ryan Harris is not a guy that, that is kind of waiting around. Obviously, they made a move at wide receiver coach earlier in the year. Um, will this be the last move with the, on the staff? Probably not. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there were, there you know was uh, another move or two uh, before this thing's done. Hey, listen, quite honestly, that's kind of the way college football works. It's not just going to be Brian Harson. That's the way this thing is all over the country. Georgia Tech uh, in, in year three, um, almost a complete rebuild, fired all three coordinators this week. Uh, you know, Nick Saban has different assistants every year. It, it's unfortunate the way it is. You just wish you could have a little more continuity if you're, you know, Auburn's offense, especially if you're, you're Bo Nix at quarterback. It's tough. It really is. Um, and so, um, no, but not not completely surprised. Uh, you know, and people are wondering how did you have things ready because because we hear things and we understand that there's some things that that go on behind the scenes where we have to be prepared for these moments. And we were prepared for the moment today. Uh, Nathan had a hot board up pretty quickly. Had stories, had thoughts coming through. So yeah, this is a. Uh, it's not a. It did not come out of the blue. Uh, no, it did not. Yeah, it seemed like you know, really for the past few seasons at Auburn, regardless of who the head coach is, you've kind of had these different brain trusts going on in terms of who's running an offense. Um, we'll see if moving ahead now that's made a little bit clearer. It seemed like from the beginning of the season, it was Mike Bobo calling Brian Harson's plays. That was what was set up to be the system for this offense. Maybe that changed over the course of the season in terms of Brian Harson taking a little bit more of control, but there were, there was a lot of good that Mike Bobo did. Certainly Bo Nix had the best season um, as an Auburn quarterback in terms of yes. quarterback rating completion percentage um, and yards per game kind of saw his, what his development and what his value, we talked about this on the recap podcast, but what his value meant 
and means to this Auburn offense once he was removed from it. Um, but the running game took a lot of steps back. Um, and, and again, kind of looking at, at what they did at the end of the season, regardless of who your starting quarterback was, just seemed like too many times they were blowing leads because of their inability to deliver knockout punches on offense. And so, Jason, we were talking about it a little bit before the show, but really there's only a couple things to get into here. Um, and that is, you know, our, our, our subscribers will read about, you know, who the candidates are, but and what we're hearing about and who might be the best fit. But in terms of what a coach needs to do, Brian Harson's second Auburn offensive coordinator. What are a couple things that that person needs to do in order to help them not only on the field, but on the recruiting trail? Yeah, I think there's two schools of thought, at least in my opinion, um, you know, for, for Brian Harson now when you're making this move. First school of thought is, is that you go out and find a guy that's a an ace recruiter, the guy that does those things really well, a guy that that you know coaches quarterbacks, but is a guy that can you know I think young, energetic. When I think about it, <clears throat> that's a, that's a guy that I think about in, in terms of one. It's it's about getting players. Um, you know, you talked about this offense. You look at the offense, and this is not an offense that's filled with NFL guys. That makes it difficult to score at times, uh, and I think that was part of the issue. Um, I mean, let's face it, this is a wide receiver group that we had huge questions about coming into the season. Um, all of a sudden, you you have an injured you know, Bo Nix at the end of the year. Um, Kobe Hudson misses a game, um, you know, because of a concussion. I mean, that had a huge impact on on the finish of this season, in my opinion. But I think there's two schools of thought. You go, best recruiter you can find. Um, you got this quarterback guy. Say, hey, look, we need to get better. We got to get better talent across the board. To me, I, I think that's where you win games right now. You got to get more talented. But the other school of thought is, is that you find somebody that you're very familiar with, that you understand you completely, that you understand completely, somebody that you've either worked with before, um, maybe been on the staff with before, um, you guys have coached together, played together. There's some names out there that, that fit the bill for that. Um, you know, from the West Coast, guys that have been together at Boise with Brian Harson in the past. Um, or, or, you know, kind of that Chris Peterson tree together. Um, so there's two schools of thought, um, which way you go. Um, seeing how Brian Harson has built his staffs would not be surprised if we see him stick to those guys that are he's very familiar with. I mean, you look at the, the, the staff right now, and it, it has a definitive, you know, Boise-type flavor, um, more West Coast flavor. Um, you can win that way, but you got to have guys that understand – how to translate that to, to this area, to recruiting in the Southeastern Conference. You know, Urban Meyer, when he made the move from Utah to Florida, uh, you know, they had a, a lot of guys that were from the Ohio area, a few West Coast guys. They made it work. Um, but part of the reason they made that work is they went out and beat the bushes in recruiting and they landed a guy named Tim Tebow. That has a huge impact to me. That's where this thing – that's where this thing goes. Uh, no matter who you hire, they got to find a way to get – Better, better football players, better talent, uh, and that starts on the recruiting trail. They've they made a few inroads right now. Can they finish this class? Um, you know, and, and maybe got a new coordinator that comes in, and um, you know, I think it, you know, the wide receiver position and offensive line position, whoever you know, whoever that is, has to have some some immediate you know push in those two areas uh, to finish this class off. Yeah, it will be interesting to see this first staff versus the second one, how much of that SEC flavor is left because that was something where a lot of people patted Harson on the back for, oh, look, both your coordinators are, are former SEC, obviously 
Derek Mason, a former SEC coach, Mike Bobo spent a lot of time as an SEC assistant at, at Georgia, sort of a veteran SEC coach. You had Cadillac Williams, you got Will Friend. And now, like you said, you know, Will Friend was tied so closely to Mike Bobo. It'll be interesting to see um, if he remains on staff. But yeah, it, it is just, you know, how much of that staff becomes a Boise State, becomes a West Coast flavor next year, maybe into year three, something like that. Um, will be interesting to see in, in the impact it has on recruiting. Speaking of that, Jason, just kind of the initial thoughts. We're, we're recording this right now on on Monday night, so there hasn't even been three or four hours worth of uh, worth of reaction um, from recruits. But just from the recruiting standpoint, what's kind of the general sense that you get from how much this move impacted Auburn's commitments and and what it's trying to do on the recruiting trail? Yeah, you know, Keith Niebuhr obviously has has been um, you know with his finger on the pulse of that and. You know, didn't expect it to make a big a big impact. Uh, you know, not at least uh, in the short term. Um, Auburn is a place that people love. Auburn, they come to Auburn for that reason, and it, and it's a place where guys fall in love with the place. Um, you know, Brian Harson's still in place. The majority of the staff still in place, and so I don't think it has a big impact there. The question will be, I mean, you know, Drew Bobo, Mike Bobo's son, is is one of your offensive line commitments. His teammate EJ Harris is another offensive line commitment. Does it have an impact there? Those, that's that's a key spot for for this class is on that offensive line. Um, you know how much of an impact will it have there is is you know a big question mark. And look, Mike Bobo was uh, you know the lead recruiter for Antonio Williams, um, wide receiver who just visited uh, from Dutch Fort, South Carolina. That's the guy that now you got to think Auburn probably uh, probably going to be much tougher for them to land a guy like that. Um, do they, do they, can they find some help at wide receiver in this class? Um, those are spots I think that you look at, but, uh, overall, uh, you know, Michael Riley Ducker, um, you know, Damari Austin, Holden Gardner, those guys are like, Hey, we're good. We're in. And those are three important players in this class that are guys that are recruiting. Um, you know, and then you got, you know, some, some defensive guys that it won't really impact them at all. And so, uh, I think for the most part, this thing should, um, stay on course and we'll see, you know, how quickly they can get somebody in as a new coordinator, if he can make an impact pretty quickly, um, you know, in terms of, of the next 16 days, basically is what you have until they're to sign a period. Something that I've been kind of racking around in my head since the news came out was what kind of impact will this have on the offensive style that was set up for Auburn? We had heard about it all through after Mike Bobo was hired all through the spring into fall camp about, 12 personnel, 13 personnel, the usage of the tight ends going downhill, taking snaps under center. And you've seen a lot more coordinator changes than I have and how it affects what your personnel does in the following season. How much is that going to impact Auburn? And Or do you think it might still be kind of in the back of Harson's mind saying, look, we kind of established these guys. Let's kind of find somebody there in the middle. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you listen to Ryan Harson when he, when he first got hired and he talked about ability to run the football, using the tight ends and the offense, those things. I, I think, in, you know, no matter who you hire, this is not going to be a change like Auburn had from, say, you know, 2011 to 2012 when Gene Chiswick went from hurry up, no huddle to under center, you know, fullback, eye formation. Um, it's not going to be that different. Um, you'll have some tweaks, obviously, with a new coordinator. You're going to have some tweaks and you're doing things. But look at this roster and – this is a they tied in heavy roster. Um, we saw Landon King the other night as a guy that that guy needs to have more of a place in this offense moving forward based on what we've seen from him. And and obviously we've seen Shinker have a big year. 
a Luke Deal, Tyler Fromm, you got Michael Riley Ducker coming in. I think it's a a part of the offense where you start going and where you're maybe your biggest playmakers. I mean, Kobe Hudson's one of those guys. I think Javarius Johnson, you know, moving forward. But uh, I think that the tight ends are a part of that. Um, so I don't think it's going to be a big style change, uh, you know, no matter who the coordinator is. I think Brian Harson has things he wants to do. Uh, and I think some of that is be physical and, and run the football and use the tight ends. I don't think that's going to change a whole lot. Talking about those guys and some of the personnel that Auburn has, it's important for next season. You noted something today. Um, it's kind of been thrown around that it might start to get busy on Tuesday. If you're listening to this on Tuesday morning, maybe later in the day on Tuesday, obviously into the week is when we're sort of expecting the transfer portal news to pick up for Auburn in terms of the inclusions um, from the 2021 team guys entering the portal. Not a surprise. I don't know the exact number. People were tweeting them out over the past couple of days. But um, if you thought last offseason was going to set the record um, and was going to be a huge transfer portal a few months with all the coaching changes we've got right now at high-profile programs and the portal being more prevalent than ever, it's going to be huge yet again. It's going to be important for Auburn to go in there and get some players. Just Obviously, we don't know who it's going to be yet, um, but we, we do believe that there are going to be at least a few, maybe more than a few Auburn players in the portal. Um, this week, what are a couple positions that once things have settled, once the dust has settled, that you think Auburn needs to kind of go after in the portal? Obviously, that can kind of become more defined as we see who leaves. But um, what could be a couple positions of need for them in addition to what they're doing in the recruiting class? Yeah, I think you're looking. It's the spots we talked about. Uh, you know, you're right. I, I think this there's going to be some, you know, we don't know how significant yet, but there's going to be some losses in the portal. I mean, it's 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 going to happen every year, no matter who you are. I think it probably happens more after the first year of a coaching staff than it does even when they're hired. I think everybody wants to buy in that first year and you go, hey, I'm ready. The first year, you've, you've had a chance to know if you fit in somebody's plans or not. So a lot of the guys that will be leaving will be leaving because they're not in the plans. Very rarely will you have a guy that, that jumps up there as, <clears throat> as a starter that's played a ton of football that says, hey, I'm going somewhere else. But it could be some guys that that you're maybe looking at to depend on for depth uh, or guys that are they're develop, developing and could become those guys. Um, so, heck, there could be eight to ten guys. I mean, we could see double figures, guys, in, in the portal before this thing's over with. But Auburn's not the only team that's going to have that. So, for your Auburn – Obviously, you find out where those spots are, but I think you look – to me, there's there's three key areas I think you look at. Um, wide receiver, obviously, is still there. Can you find a guy or two that can be uh, instant playmakers? I think linebacker is going to be a position, uh, potentially. Um, if you lose a couple – you lose a linebacker or two in this, in this group, Owen Popo doesn't return, you're seriously in, in need of some help at the linebacker position if – if Owen, I mean, right now everything we're hearing is that Owen plans on coming back, but you know, you know those things can change if they do. And you lose the Kobe McLean, you lose Chandler Wooten, you lose the Owen Popo, you've lost the the backbone of, of your defense and especially the linebacker group. You don't have much experience at all after those guys, so I think that's a spot. Um, and then offensive line, I think you know you look at potentially maybe even if you get a couple guys back um, from your top seven that still doesn't leave you a whole lot of guys with experience at all. Um, you know, Achilles Zaire really came on, thought he developed nicely. Can he come back and take over that left tackle spot? If he does, that's a good starting point. Um, I don't expect um, 
you know, guys like Brodary Sam to come back. I, you know, I think he's he's Brandon Council. Those are older guys. Uh, Deshaun Manning, uh, Nick Brahms. I, I, you know, having him watching him smoke a cigar. Uh, you know, watching looking at the field the other night. I would not expect him to return. Austin Troxel was was in that group too. Maybe he decides to return. I don't know, but no matter what, I think offensive line, I think linebacker, I think wide receiver are, are those three spots. And hey, who knows if you have a couple of spots where a few guys go, uh, you know, then then it could have an impact as well. So it, you know, probably remains to be seen exactly where you go there until all the dust is settled from. Well, it's probably going to be a crazy few weeks, not just for Auburn, but for everybody in college football, and it's already started. Yeah, and the more these coaching changes happen, guys are just – I mean, there's something somebody said today was that, you know, this has never happened before. Not only the high profile, you know, you have two of these coaching moves right now with Lincoln Riley and with Brian Kelly um, that are almost unprecedented in the sport in terms of from blue blood to blue blood. Um, but never before have you had the ability for the quarterback to just – follow the head coach there for, you know, his, his star left tackle to literally just follow the coach there and not miss a beat. So that's certainly going to change things this off season. And like it did, just like it did last year. Um, the last thing that we wanted to talk about um, something somewhat newsy today, it was, it was definitely brought up by a lot of people. Bo Nix had his weekly appearance on the next round radio program in Birmingham that he does as part of his, uh, his NIL deal. And he's just been, non-committal um, about whether he's going to return to Auburn um, in 2022. I'm going to pull up his exact quote here, what he had to say um, when that, you know they talked about. Basically, they, they said, you know, we're going to offer you the chance to dispel rumors about transferring. Um, and I don't really think Bo was looking at it that way. I think he was kind of just saying, you know, well, I mean, it's not necessarily a rumor that when, you know, I just want to be considering my future. He said that um, right now, just trying to get healthy, not sure what next year looks like, got to get my ankle better first make sure I can play it back to my normal self. Um, and then later on, he said, there's a lot of things that guys can do nowadays. And I'm not sure what that is for me in terms of next year. Like I said, I want to get my ankle better worry about that in the future. So not definitively explicitly coming out and saying, I want to return. I'm going to return to Auburn in 2022. But Jason, when you and I were talking earlier today, um, you said, you know, that's, that's how guys have to be um, at this point. And he, he said, look, you know, a lot of this depends on my NFL future and, you have to think whatever higher Auburn makes at offensive coordinator might play a little bit of a role in this. Yeah, I think it, it, it you know, that plays a role. Um, you know, who's around you? Um, you know, if you feel like, hey, am I going to develop and continue to develop? And will I have the playmakers around me to develop? Uh, you know, that's every, you have to factor into everything. And, and here's the thing, um, you know, coaches now, these guys, these guys are moving left and right. Players have that, that option. And if, if I'm a player, then I have to go into this going, look, guys, I have to weigh everything. Um, he's He will graduate in three years, already graduated in three. That he he has fulfilled his obligation, and and now you have to see, okay, is this the best place for me? Here's the thing about him. I know he, he wants nothing more than for Auburn to win and be successful. He wants nothing more to be Auburn's quarterback. But you also know that I've got to, I've got to do what's best for me in terms of trying to develop for my future too. And, um, you know, a lot of that will depend on a relationship with coordinator, um, all the things that goes into that. But you're right, he, he improved, I thought, a great deal this year. Uh, there were some some ups and downs at times, but I thought he played well overall and um, showed some growth at the quarterback position. I think he's probably pretty excited to see, can I continue that growth? But uh, who knows? Um, some of it may depend on – and, you know, I, they'll when, when, when people – 
well, people will, will laugh maybe, but but a lot of it would depend on, you know, what an NFL team says, you know, that what these guys go, hey, what, what would your draft grade be? Because he's going to test really well. He's tough. <laughs> he's physical. He's got all the tools that people need. And, you know, I, I've said this before, and I haven't said it on the podcast, but I'll say it here now. <clears throat> They'll have to look at, you know, the guys surrounding him. Um, you know, I, I, I posed this question the other day. I said, you know, how many NFL players will Bo Nix play with in his three years at Auburn right now? On 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 his offense in three seasons, how many guys will he play with that play in the NFL? Um, Tank Bigsby probably will. I think he's headed that direction. Uh, Anthony Schwartz is on an NFL roster, but I don't believe he was dressed last night for the Browns. He may have been injured or something. I know he was tweeting during the game. Um, Seth Williamson was on a practice squad. Jack Driscoll, I think, has played some for the Eagles maybe. That's we're, 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 that's where we're going in, in three full seasons. Um, you know, C.J. Stroud at Ohio State is going to play with a nine this year. I mean, Mac Jones, how many NFL guys he played with? That factors in for guys. Um, and that comes back to development, talent, recruiting, all the things. And that's where this thing hit, comes to a head. Um, and that's it's kind of the microcosm of everything right now. Um, they got to get better and more talented players and develop those guys when they get here. And that's the goal now for whoever the new offensive coordinator is going to be. So much dust is going to settle over the next month talking about not only the coaches, you know, depending on what they do, maybe you'll have a different quarterbacks coach. Um, we'll see how that shuffles out with the rest of the staff. If Eric Keesaw gets promoted, you'll put in a new receiver. So, I mean, we'll just, we'll figure out a lot of stuff. And, th- and then personnel wise, it's just talking about decisions, guys like Bo Nix, even NFL decisions. We'll figure that out, too, as the transfer portal um, starts to make its way through Auburn, as it will the rest of the country. So, obviously, the biggest news of the day on Monday, Mike Bobo's out as Auburn's offensive coordinator. Wouldn't expect a new decision to take too, too long. Maybe maybe something by the end of the week um, wouldn't be a huge surprise. But And then the transfer portal news. Be sure to keep it locked. Auburn undercover inside the Auburn Tigers. We'll have you guys covered on that. Should be a busy week in that regard as well. Thanks so much to Jason for hopping on tonight to talk about the news of the day thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of the auburn undercover podcast if you guys enjoyed it please leave us a five-star review wherever you guys listen to your shows the intro and outro music is by beats by mordecai you guys can find him on twitter soundcloud and instagram and until the next episode this week we will talk to you guys later everybody have a good day